Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Beautiful Behavior Podcast. I am your host, Diane Sorensen, certified life coach, hypnotherapy practitioner, mother, grandmother, and human fascinated with behavior and how to live our best life. My goal is to offer you another perspective, to see behavior in ourselves, our children, and others from another angle. This podcast is for anyone who wants to feel more connected in their relationships. It's for anyone who feels the pull for something more. It's for parents and those who are not. This podcast is for anyone who wants to take a deeper look because this is where we talk about breaking generational patterns and outdated cultural beliefs, cultivating deeper connections in our life, and leading our life with more confidence and clarity. And I believe that's when beautiful behavior comes into focus. You can learn more about my process, me, and the three different ways in which beautiful behavior could come into focus for you at my website at diannesorensen.net. That's D-I-A-N-E-S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N.net. Okay, listeners, let's go. Hello and welcome. A new week, a new episode. And before we get too far into this today, I want to remind you that the Beautiful Behavior Defined Lunch and Learn is June 20th at 12 o'clock central. So bring your lunch and this month we're going to be talking about Understanding and managing our triggers, which is such a huge, uh, makes such a huge impact in our relationships. All right, so here we go. This week, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, oftentimes we categorize things or judge things, put them into this is good, this is bad, it's right or it's wrong. And that is one way. Today, I wanted to talk about looking at it through the lens of helpful or hurtful. So we can either look at behavior through the lens of good or bad, right or wrong, or the lens of helpful and hurtful. And I wanted to explore this because oftentimes our judgments lead us to react in certain ways. So if we judge something to be good or right, we may react or respond in one way um, to someone. And when we judge their behavior as bad or wrong, we oftentimes react in a very different way or respond in a very different way based on our judgment or how we see it, or how we think it should or shouldn't be. So oftentimes, if we see someone's behavior, our child's or somebody else's, as bad or wrong, we oftentimes uh, unconsciously react in a way that really is not helpful. And anything that's not helpful is, in fact, hurtful. And oftentimes when we're looking through the lens of 
you know, good or bad or good or right, then we treat that person as if they're deserving, like deserving of being treated, I don't know, with respect or with, you know, um, kindness. Whereas, so then we're saying somebody whose behavior we see as bad or wrong then they're undeserving and we can treat them however we want. And often that is disrespectfully. And if we really take this apart and look at it, we end up treating children when we don't like their, or even anybody, it doesn't even have to be children, but we'll take children as an example because I think we often do it in that context. Uh, when we see their behavior as bad or wrong, something that we don't want it to be, we we think it should be a different way, then oftentimes we act disrespectfully in hopes that they're going to then act respectful, which really doesn't make sense. Uh, when you look at it from a uh, conscious standpoint, from, from an awareness. So... I like to think of uh, helpfulness as taking ownership. You're taking ownership of yourself. You're managing your emotions, your behavior. And hurtfulness is usually um, a need for control. And the need for control is born out of anxiousness, there's an anxiousness or an underlying underlying fear um, of something. So when we look at it this way, hurtfulness is a cry for help. This person is hurting or in distress. So there is a need that is not being met or hasn't been met to this point. So we can, the need, you know, the first step is is understanding. The need, this person is in need of understanding. So our first step is to try to understand what this person's need is and to understand what our own need is. Because often other people's, especially children's, especially if they're our children, their behaviors uh, create discomfort for us. And so often our automatic reaction is that they need to change so we don't feel uncomfortable. And that's actually hurtful. Trying to get someone else someone else's behavior to change is usually is going to end up being hurtful because the only way you can get somebody else's behavior to change is by trying to control it, manipulating, coercing, forcing, um, threatening. And none of this feels safe and ultimately does not feel good to us because we can't control another person's behavior. No matter how much we think we can, the reality is we cannot, but we can change what we're doing. So we need to also understand our own needs, 
of understanding ourself, understanding what is this um, emotion coming up, and to give understanding to the emotion coming up. In, in our typically, our reaction is to blame our child or someone else for how I'm feeling. And uh, again, that leads to now you need to change so I feel better. And this puts fracture, this fractures relationships. It puts these little fractures in our relationships. And when it's done over and over and over again, um, it begins to not work so well. And essentially, when we do that, when we're blaming others for how we feel and expecting them to change so we feel better, we really, we are wanting to be rescued. We want others to rescue us from feeling undesired feelings. And so we're really looking to others to regulate us instead of regulating ourselves. And if they're rescuing us, we are actually victim to them. So every time we blame someone, we are being a victim and giving them power. We believe they have the power to make us feel a certain way. So other people's behavior, our children's or other people's behavior may trigger us. However, they are not the cause of our trigger. Our trigger is inside of us. It is a a body memory rising to the surface. And I know I talk about this often, um, but what is driving the trigger is our own unconscious thoughts and beliefs and what we are making this behavior or the situation mean. We wrap a story or a meaning around it, around what is happening to make sense of it. And that is what drives the emotion that's rising up within us. And this has to do with our own life experience, not our child's or even the other person. So let's take an example. And I'm just going to use a parent-child example. Um, One I think that if you have a child, you can relate to. So let's say you take your child to the store. And you have a belief about how children, um, especially your own, (laughs) should act in the store. And just a quick side note here on should, how they should act or how they should behave. Should is not reality. Should is a preconceived notion or belief of how we want something to be. It is not actual reality. And in fact, it is resistance to reality. And whenever we are resisting reality, that is a precursor to attack. And it might, we might have, we, you know, we might not be attacking our child physically, but, you know, we, come with an attacking tone or um, an energy that feels attacking to our child. So, okay, so we go to the store, we have an idea of how we want our child to be in the store, and that doesn't play out. 
we don't get what we want. They're they're not acting the way we want them to. So let's say they wanted something, you know, they wanted something in the store, you said no, and they got triggered. They started crying, protesting, you know, resisting the reality that it's a no. They may throw a fit, we we call it. And so now you're triggered because your expectations were not met. And you attach a meaning to this in your head. And it this happens automatically. It's just what our brain does to make sense of our experiences. But the, the meaning you're attaching to it may be, um, well, children should just obey, or children are selfish when they want things at the store, or children should just listen. And when we say they should just listen, what we're really saying is they should just be fine with it. You know, when we say they should just, you know, they need to listen when I say no, really is is about they should be fine with it when I say no. So it's like they shouldn't have any feelings about this or at least not express them because it's not convenient for me. And then we have beliefs forming in our head about, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? And I'm supposed to be able to control, I'm supposed to control this child. They're embarrassing me. And it's all of these unconscious beliefs and thoughts going on in your head that is actually driving your emotions. And maybe you were told as a child in no uncertain terms that you will not act out in public in in whatever way you got the message that if you did not behave in a certain way in public, something bad would happen to you. So for many of us, um, some kind of threat hung over our head to get us to act in a certain way. And this is how we learn to perform. The message is don't be you don't be a human being, be a cultural being, all in the name of acceptance. And this is conditional acceptance. This is all in the name of you, the child, need to act in a certain way, so I'm okay. So we're putting our children in charge of us instead of us being the confident leader that our children need. And what happens in this store scenario is that it sends the message to don't want, that wanting things is bad. And don't express emotions because having emotions is bad or wrong. And this funnels down to a belief of I'm bad or wrong. I'm not good enough. So the child wants something, doesn't receive what he or she wants, and has feelings about that. The child is triggered. It's not about you. It's about what the child is thinking and believing about not getting the thing. And we don't actually know what they are thinking. We like to think we know what other people are thinking, but we don't actually know what is happening in their head 
because we're not in there. But we do make up assumptions and stories about what they're thinking. And often we automatically make them up in a negative way. Like maybe it's, well, they just think they can have whatever they want. They think if they throw a fit, then they can have what they want. You know, all of these things. And if that's what we're thinking, then that is going to drive um, our own emotions, our anger, our frustration, our disappointment. If we can be aware, so this is all about awareness. This isn't about, oh my gosh, I'm doing it wrong. Um, I'm bad parent, you know, none of that. This is all about taking ownership and just seeing it because that's when we can shift. So we could make this up. We could make up assumptions um, that are more helpful and that elicit more helpful um, responses towards our child. You know, like, They really wanted something and it's hard not to get what you want. They may need a new skill. This would be an opportunity to help them understand disappointment and how that feels and how to manage it. Because we cannot manage any feeling that we don't feel. Our children can't manage feelings if they're not allowed to feel them and connect to them and explore them. So giving our child understanding that I know you want that, you really, really, really were hoping you can get that and we're not buying that today. That can feel disappointed, pointing and we're going to get through this. And you know, Do what you need to do. If you need to pick up your child and carry them out of the store, then then do that, you know. But just know that your child's not purposefully having feelings to hurt you. And recognize and understand what's coming up for you. And this would be a great opportunity for you to manage your disappointment that this store trip did not play out in the way you had hoped that it would. You were really, really hoping that your child would have regulated feelings throughout the store experience, and that feels disappointing. And when you take ownership of your disappointment, that's a great way to model how to manage and own own and manage your own feelings. And your child will be able to learn that too. So that over time, when your child experiences a time when they want something and it doesn't um, happen, that they know that feeling and can manage it. So oftentimes we are getting dysregulated by our children because... Um, For many of us growing up, when our parents were dysregulated or when they were angry um, or something was upsetting to them, it was our job to change to make them happy. Now, of course, those aren't the words that were used, but we um, had experiences 
that we got the message that my job is to somehow take care of my parents' feelings. And when that doesn't happen, when they're upset, then you know we can't figure out why can't I just do this right? Why can I never do anything right? And again, it, it begins to funnel down to this, I'm just not good enough. I can't seem to ever make them happy or I can't make them happy all of the time. And that means mistakes happen. Um, And traditionally, mistakes are punished. Um, And so that's the paradigm shift here. This This is what beautiful behavior is all about, is about uh, taking ownership of you so that your child can learn to take ownership of them. And that is helpful. So remember that helpful isn't the absence of hurtful. It is the acknowledgement of it. It's the willingness to see where I may be being hurtful and I can take ownership of that and see where your child or somebody else you're in a relationship with is being hurtful and allowing them to take ownership of that. And seeing that hurtfulness as a call for help, needing understanding, and perhaps to learn new skills. So that's where I'm going to leave it today. Um, I would love to continue this conversation so we can continue it over on Instagram at diansorensen.bb. You can also find me on Facebook at Diane Sorensen and on my website. So all of it is in the show notes. And don't forget also the link to register for the Beautiful Behavior Defined Lunch and Learn for June is also in the show notes. So get registered and I hope to see you there. All right, everybody, have a great week. Thank you for tuning into the Beautiful Behavior Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show or previous shows, I would so appreciate you subscribing and leaving a review. I am so grateful for all of you listeners who are joining me here for these conversations because I believe it's through these type of conversations that we start to shift the paradigm, creating a more loving and compassionate world. I hope you will join me here each week as we discover new ways to show up in our lives and create a bigger impact. And if you are ready to take this to the next level, head on over to my website at diannesorensen.net. Again, that's D-I-A-N-E-S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N.net. Get on my calendar and see how you can be supported and if we're a good fit so that you can get out of survival and into thrival. Change is possible and I've got you.